Hello everyone, Mike Stokes here with Wild Alive University. Today I want to talk about how to free yourself from any cultural, social norms that may be limiting you. Um, I was watching uh, a movie about the attack on the American embassy in Benghazi uh, in 2011 and um, in Benghazi, Libya. And there was a scene in the movie where one of the American uh, military uh, contractors was reading Joseph Campbell's The Power of Myth sitting on the couch and another guy says, hey, what uh, enlightened me? Uh, and he says, all the heavens and all the hells are within you. And it made me think about all of the wonderful uh, teachings of Joseph Campbell that have guided my life since I was in my early 20s. And one of the greatest things that we can, one of the greatest ways that I, you, or anyone can become free is by noticing how you are unconsciously following a social norm that doesn't really align with your deepest passion and value. Um, so, uh, one of the hardest things for us to do is to see what are our preconceived assumptions about who I'm supposed to be in the world. When I was in my 20s, um, I, I used to think I was supposed to be this macho, heroic individualist because that's the, um, you know, in the 80s when I grew up, that's basically what men were supposed to be. I was supposed to be more like Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Harrison Ford, um, uh, and, and then all the historical ideas of, of heroic men. Now, to a certain extent, I, I still believe in that archetype and, and want to be that archetype, but at the same time, I had to realize that this social norm that I was living inside of a subcultural norm. So each one of us has a subcultural norm as a, you know, if you're a, a woman who grew up in conservative rural Georgia, then you're going to have a particular frame of acceptable social behavior and acceptable ways of think uh, and act. And if you're um, uh, a young man who grew up in um, San Francisco with very fluid um, gender and uh, social identities, then you're going to have a whole different other set of norms. Um, so for example, I always think it's really good for us to think about what what's your particular um, blind spot. So for me, I came from a fairly progressive background. My parents weren't crazy hippies. They were um, moderately open-minded progressives. Um, and uh, so I needed to 
figure out what they brought to the table and what my and surroundings brought to the table that was limiting me. And in some ways, one of the things that I had to break out of with my particular upbringing and social norms that were ingrained in my head was this idea that uh, um, people who had conservative political views um, or basically anybody, I think that's the, the simplest analogy is people who had conservative political views were basically wrong and they basically needed to change their behavior and change their way of thinking. Now, now most of us think that the other viewpoint is wrong and they need to change. Um, but a much more uh, accurate and uh, wise way to look at the various different viewpoints of humans around the world is to see them in their cultural context. Um, so a conservative person has a very different cultural context than a liberal person or a progressive person. Um, and so it's, it's actually the job of the progressive to be able to see context because what's inherent in the conservative idea... Now, conservatism has all this mass around it, and it's not really, you know, someone who votes Republican and goes to an evangelical church. That's one way you can articulate conservatism. The other way to articulate conservatism is that it is bred of an, of a, um, of an insulated cultural identity where you hold in a small space who you are and who your friends are and what they think and what they believe. So even if you consider yourself a progressive or a liberal and you actually only surround yourself with progressive and liberals in your small little um, viewpoint of the world, you're actually becoming more conservative. Now, that may sound totally bizarre, but that's the nature of conservatism. And so I think we need to really get away from these ideas of... Um, everybody having their right point of view and that's the challenge of our era is right now uh, people are becoming more separated into little idea bubbles it used to be geographic bubbles but now we all separate into information bubbles so we need to go back into cross-pollinating those bubbles um, so one way that you can break free and discover your hidden biases is to put yourself in a medium or long-term way in a completely different culture. So um, one of the things that really resonates with me is global travel. And so if, you know, to go, for example, we spent, I, I'm, I'm working right now on a project to save enough money and resources to spend a year uh, in a different culture. I think I might want to do six months in one culture and six months in another culture. Now, what happens when you immerse yourself in another culture is you will inevitably discover things about yourself that you didn't know. Because when you're sitting inside of your own cultural bubble, you can't see those things. They're just blind spots. They're stuck. Um, you can take classes and they'll sort of temporarily bust you out of your bubble. You know, you could do the Landmark Forum or other types of classes like that. Um, but in order to get a really blast out of your bubble that's going to last, you really need to spend a more immersed time. Or that's the easiest way to do it, is to spend an immersed time in another culture. Um, 
so the, the closest thing that I've recently come to that is uh, we went to Costa Rica for two months and just lived there and we tried to stay more with the local community than with the um, tourist community. You can go anywhere and be stuck inside of a tourist bubble and not ever experience local culture. But the more you can get out and actually really participate in local culture, it will it will change you. So that's one way to uh, bust out of your um, un <clears throat> unconscious social cultural bubble, which will free you. It will make you a wiser and happier person. Um, it'll make your uh, decisions more complex because it's much easier to be conservative and and I'm using conservative in the sense of insulating your view from other views so uh, I know that's going to be hard for many people but if you are willing to acknowledge that the more that you insulate yourself from other viewpoints the more conservative you're becoming um, and uh, I wish there was a better word for it, but I don't know a better word for it. So uh, try to separate out the mass of conservatism and politics and all that thing. Uh, that's uh, uh, um, They're all related, but they're distinct. What I'm talking about right now is this cultural identity, which really is the most powerful thing. If you look at the... Um, the problems we have in the world today, specifically in the United States, politically, um, the, the giant divide between people, those are because both, um, well, the, the many camps are separating and becoming more insulated. The left is becoming just as insulated as the right. So each side insulates itself, and each side becomes conservative in its own way. So in order to uh, create progress, we have to find a... Um, we have to cross-pollinate. It's kind of like, it, historically, if you look at the parts of the world that have been the agents of the Renaissance, the agents of change, the, um, the agents of innovation, those places were always hubs where uh, multicultural um, ideas were coming together and cross-pollinating. Um, so that, that has to happen. And in, in order for you to become more free in your own life, you have to cross-pollinate with other differing viewpoints. Now, that's not to say that you should go and just immerse yourself in a cross-cultural way uh, unless you're fully willing to let go of your identity. Um, you know, and that's appropriate in your younger years. Um, you can do it in your later years too, but in your younger years, it's great to just go and, and just immerse yourself in different cultures. You have to be careful though, because it will uh, change you in ways that are unexpected and you'll become an entirely different person. So um, being approaching 50 in my life, I think that the wise approach is to have a, um, a solid subculture so I live in West Sonoma County, in rural West Sonoma County, and that's my solid subculture, and I come back to that subculture regularly and often. Um, but I try to, through my travels and through my, um, you know, I try to watch news from around the world, I try to read literature from around the world, um, and discover new viewpoints of what's happening in different cultures that are different, that are um, unique and different from mine. Um, 
those, I try to bring those ideas into my little culture. Because I need, we all are um, genetically, genetic's not the right word, but um, evolutionarily designed to thrive inside of a small social network. You know, we've got maybe 100 to 500 people that we can um, truly connect with. Beyond that, it's, it becomes impossible for our brain to manage the nuance of relationship. So within that small node, it's very important that you have people that you feel very comfortable with and are uh, building of your energy. And then also there's those people that you want to have challenge your energy. And so it's the middle path, just like the Buddha says, um, you're not, you know, just jumping off of the end and trying to completely transform who you are. And you're not being completely stuck inside of this old vision of who you are. You're just, you're just balancing between the two. And then the, the game in personal growth and in, in self-evolution, in becoming a wiser, stronger, freer, more, um, effective and influential, happy, healthier human being is to retain the new things that you learn. One of the things that I found really interesting over the years of my personal study is how easy it is to go to a course or read a book and, and have that emotional rush of insight. Oh, that was amazing. I'm completely a new person. And then two weeks later, it's gone. So the game is to sustain that. And how you sustain that is by putting in structures of action that will uh, continually recharge and challenge you. So, for example, I have a men's group that I started 10 years ago um, with about five other guys, um, most all of them original members still. Uh, we meet every other week. And in that environment, it's both... Um, we both sort of nurture and support one another and challenge each other. So we have a, I have a structure that's now built into my life at least twice a month. Um, very rarely does it not happen twice a month, but at least twice a month that I'm challenged and nurtured by a community. Um, so the next principle that I'm bringing up here is to uh, challenge your... Um, view of yourself and create structures around that. So find that balance between challenging yourself and nurturing yourself. Uh, too much of either one is going to deaden you. Um, it's it's going to either overwhelm you and stress you out if you go too much towards uh, just cracking yourself open, and then it's or it's going to um, uh, make you so insular and conservative that you can't see new viewpoints. Um, I, I, my hesitation is because I don't really want to talk about this, but I feel like it's so important that we need to. Um, one of the biggest cultural drivers right now in America, and if not the world, is the President of the United States. So he's a, uh, a great example of someone who's conservative, not in the sense of politically conservative, although a lot of his, m most of his actions and uh, ideas align with political conservatism, but he's conservative in the biggest sense of the word conservative, in the sense that he insulates himself completely 
from other points of view. So if you want, so it, here's the, I guess the, the, the big thing I want you to grab onto from my conversation about the current president. I don't even like to use his name because I don't like to give it credibility. But if you want to be less like him, then you need to expose yourself to differing viewpoints. Because although his viewpoints are most likely different from yours, or if they're the same from yours, I'm surprised you're watching this video, but I'm stoked that you are. Um, but if you want to be a wiser person, you need to expose yourself to different viewpoints. Period. Um, you need to do it in a way that is, um, in another video I made about um, challenging your comfort zone, it was m more about physical well-being, but I did briefly mention emotional and mental well-being. Um, and and, and well-being on an emotional and a mental and psychological plane are um, mindfully challenging your comfort zone. So you need to mindfully challenge your comfort zone with ideas that are uncomfortable to you. And you need to really learn, like the Buddhists say, to return to beginner's mind and evaluate whether this could possibly have some truth in it. Now you don't need, I don't recommend that you listen to the loudest talking heads. I really listen, recommend that you listen to the quieter, more measured voices. So if you're a progressive and you want to listen to, and you, and you want to expand yourself and you're willing to consider conservative ideas, you know, go to somebody who's respected as an economist or respected as a, um, a, a moral figure in their community and see what they have to say. I mean, you're not going to learn anything from the president. The president is simply just... He just takes, he keeps narrowing and narrowing and narrowing and narrowing and narrowing his field of information and then keeps spitting out what in his narrow field of information will give him. And there's a constant self-reinforcement. So in a way, our whole culture is becoming more narcissistic. So a narcissist is completely self-obsessed. Now we're all self-obsessed. So to some degree, we're all narcissists. We all, you know, you've heard the great, the wonderful saying like, um, enough about me. What do you think about me? So that's really, we're all sort of like that. We, we love talking about ourselves. I mean, I'm clearly a narcissist because I'm talking about what I think are the important views on uh, YouTube, trying to tell you what I think is important. Now, to a certain degree, that's healthy. You know, we need to be able to have some self-confidence and think that what we believe and what we say is important. Um, but... Obviously, if you watch the current president's actions, it becomes very unhealthy when it's taken to an extreme, and especially when that's combined with not being open to at least listening to and, and um, evaluating other points of view for their merits. So, um, you know, what is the... What are the economic benefits that the conservative economic agenda is helping create? You know, maybe there are some parts of that that really need to be um, acknowledged and honored. And in a way, when we can learn how to acknowledge and honor what the other people are really giving to us, not in a fake way, but in a real way, then we can start to actually have a dialogue. So if I were to just sort of look into my head and see if I can find something about the conservative economic agenda that um, is beneficial, uh, I would say that 
you know, there are, as much as I loathe the unfair access that people that are connected or have a ton of money, um, their access to politics, I do think that, you know, the way that we as consumers in American society, uh, you know, we buy whatever we want to buy, uh, whenever we want to buy it, um, at whatever price, uh, at, at a fairly good price, all of those things are actually, for the most part, um, held by this conservative agenda. So, you know, you can go and get stuff from Walmart or you can get stuff from Amazon or you can get go to the gas station and get your gas for your car. All those things are in in a in a broad sense supported by the conservative economic agenda. And if we did change to a totally progressive agenda where those things were less important, um, then it may may not be what we, there may be consequences which we could not, there will be consequences which we cannot foresee. Um, so I'm not making an argument for the conservative economic agenda that's way too complex for this uh, video, but what I am saying is that there are nuggets of benefit in every, um, what looks on the surface like abhorrent viewpoint. Um, so there's certain things that just, you know, obviously are over the top and should be eliminated. But for the most part, most things have some hidden benefit. Just like most things, uh, you know, things on the progressive side are going to have some um, hidden negative effect. So what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to teach is that in order for us to evolve individually and as a culture, we have to learn how to effectively cross-pollinate in this new multicultural, um, incredibly fast world. Um, and that's going to require a team of incredibly dedicated individuals who are working to find that place, to find those bridges without sacrificing our values. You know, so Gandhi was a, a genius at that. Gandhi would go and say, you know, I'm not going to fight you guys, the British, I'm, but I'm not going to step down. You know, you, there's the, these particular things, you know, where you're, you're taxing the way you run our country, you running our country rather than us running our country. Those have to stop. I'm not going to blame you for anything else, but those have to stop. So, um, you know, for example, uh, money has to get out of our political system. We have to stop the influence of the dollar being more important than a single vote. You know, it has to be one vote first, and then the dollars are, are inconsequential. That's the basis of democracy. So we have to stand for that again and again and again and again, but not um, attack the other side for what they believe because of this insular way that they feed themselves information we can't let them um, we can't belittle them for that idea it's hard not to I mean I love I love late night progressive comedy as much as the next guy um, but part of me knows that that's never going to solve the problem 
Um, it helps me sort of release my frustration, but it doesn't solve the problem. Um, and what will solve the problem is more and more of us creating a dialogue that does not um, that does not sacrifice our values. So, for example, if you've heard of the desiderata or the desiderata, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce it, which is on the um, it's it's on a medieval church, uh, I believe, in England or the UK somewhere. Uh, and the first thing that it says is be on good terms with all people, or it says go placidly amid, amid the noise and haste. Um, remember what peace there may be in solace. I, I, I'm not getting exactly right, but the point I wanted to get to is um, it says be on good terms with all people without surrender. So that's really it. You, you and I and everyone who really wants positive, um, holistic, um, long-term uh, shift in our individual culture, in our individual self, and then the big macro culture that is a reflection of our interconnected self out in society. We have to be that change that we want in the world, and that change has to look like us walking through the world with our values intact and not surrendering those values, but being on good terms with all people unless we have to fight for those values and they're just not willing to be on good terms with us. So we always come in with the intention of, I'm going to be on good terms with you and I'm going to hold my values and I hope that you reciprocate. And you do that enough times, uh, you build a momentum and we will build a momentum. So I could keep talking about this for another six hours, but I think I'll let it go. So the point of this whole video is to... Um, the change always starts within. The change starts within our individual selves. You know, if you if you don't believe that, if you think the outside world has to change, just look at the president. His internal work was not done. He is not able to bring in the heart and the mind of the people and the life of this earth. So since he's unable to do that individually, it it affects us all. And he's not the only one. There's people that have that same work to do, and we are all complicit on some level to that. Whether we're on the left or the right, progressive or conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. In some way, we've all become more insular. And in that insularness, we all set up the stage for someone like this to take the helm of the planet. The most powerful position on the planet. Not because he has his fingers on the nukes, but because more people listen to him than anyone else on earth. So it's up to us to shift that conversation. And the way we shift it is first inside. And by being on good terms with all people, by cross-pollinating and opening ourselves up to another, other ideas and other perspectives and really trying to let in pieces that are valid, even when they hurt. Because sometimes it's going to hurt so bad, you're going to be like, oh my God, my whole life I thought that um, I was right about the way I looked at the um, United States economy. And this whole time I've been wrong. And I needed to actually let those conservatives have a little bit of what they were talking about. 
Um, not the whole thing, but I needed to let them have this piece that focused on, um, you know, that focused on uh, making regulations simpler, something like that. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to, to give you an example of what might be something that we would, one could yield to. So, so again, the point is to cross-pollinate yourself, let yourself expand into more viewpoints, while then going back to your community and getting nurtured and supported. Because the more you sort of open yourself up, the more painful and challenging it is. So you have to just take those in doses. If you've only got a little space for it, get a little dose and then go back and get nurtured. Get a little dose and then go back and get nurtured. And then as you open up, um, then continually try to find that way to uh, engage in a dialogue with that bigger uh, world that has so many different viewpoints and be be an agent for change it doesn't have to be a big thing you don't have to run for president you don't have to uh, you know you don't have to solve all the world's problems you just have to be engaging in the world you know maybe it's through your activism maybe it's through your business maybe it's through your um, artwork um, Oh, I had a thought and I lost it. Um, I remember what it is. So I often, when I'm talking to people about sustainability, I often come back to this idea which is appropriate in affecting change in any realm, whether it be sustainability, social change, um, democracy, human rights, um, other issues. Um, so when when you're moving on the track for those types of change, Every day, you make a choice. So for sustainability, for example, you'll make a choice. Am I going to buy the detergent that's in the recycled cardboard carton from 7th generation, or am I going to buy the Kirkland brand Costco uh, one that's not really biodegradable, but kind of says biodegradable. It's not, it doesn't have natural ingredients. It has some chemical products. Um, which am I going to do? And every day, you're constrained by your budget, by your time, by your health, by your attention. So every day you have those constraints that are pushing in on you. And all there is to do is lean into that. Just keep leaning into the right choice. The choice that you know, given your information, is going to make this world a better place. Um, the second part of that is to continually, again, with whatever space you have, to try to educate yourself a little bit more about what's beneficial. What are your options? Um, in the Baha'i faith, education is one of the premier tenets of their religion. It's probably the only faith that I could say uh, really, you know, I could identify with just because um, of that. You know, if we are uneducated, or if we don't strive to educate ourselves throughout our life, then um, we're all doomed. Idiocracy is our future. Um, so, <clears throat> so continue to educate yourself. Again, just leaning into it slowly with whatever energy you have. If you've got a lot of energy and a lot of time, then go for it. If you've got a little bit, then just move a little bit. If we're all moving in the right direction, we're going to get there. If, if more and more of us build and move in the right direction, we're going to get there. There's really no such thing as a sustainable society in modern terms. 
There's no such thing as a just society. There's no such thing as, um, that, that's enough. There's no such thing as a sustainable and a just society. Lots of people make images and visions of what that would look like. And I really think you should grab one of those and hold on to it. But you have to know that you're never going to get there. There's another great Buddhist saying that says, when you truly know that you're on the right path, you see your destination going farther and farther and farther away. Gandhi's true goal was to create a, an, a, 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 a was, was to transform planet Earth into a place where all humans respected all life all the time. And he failed miserably at that because he had the right goal in mind. If his only goal was to liberate India from the British, he wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have made it as far as he did. You have to have that big vision that you're going to, and you have to realize that it will not be attained in your lifetime. You have to continually strive for that. So don't ever let your image of perfection be the enemy of your progress. You have to have that vision of perfection, but you have to step each way along it. I, I truly believe that it's really powerful to, to backcast, where you take that image of perfection and work your way back through the necessary steps, so each step necessitating the next outcome to where you are now, and work a powerful plan. Um, but if you don't have the space to do that, just keep leaning in the direction of sustainability and social justice. Don't ever ever say to yourself or think to yourself, what I do doesn't matter. 50% of Americans didn't vote. That's why we're in the position that we're in right now. Because those 50% of Americans said, it might have been 45, I don't know, it was close to 50. They said to themselves, it doesn't matter if I vote. So here we are. So voting is just one aspect. Every moment of your life, there's a choice that you can make that will make this world a better place, will make you a better person, and will make you feel better about yourself. If you're living in line with your highest values, you will be happier. The universe is fractal. It will, when you're on the right track, when you're making the outside world better, you'll make the inside world better. When what you're doing in the outside world is false, and it's an illusion, an ego illusion, you'll feel worse inside. So there's this, this circular thing that's happening. If you're feeling better about what you're doing and you're doing more of it, that's great. Um, as long as you stay educated. Because um, we can easily get, get sucked into an ego trap where we're not expanding in our empathy and compassion and just be feeling like... So there's different types of feeling good. So there's a feeling good in your heart and then there's a feeling good in your belly. And feeling good in your belly is important. But if you lose the heart part, and then feeling good in your belly can become a self-fulfilling prophecy where you just gain more power, gain more power, gain more power, gain more power. And you, just like the current president, you keep gaining a lot of power at the effect of your connection to others. So you have to, at the same time that you're out in the world making the world a better place, you should feel both your heart opening and your power growing at the same time. Thanks for listening. I know that was a long one. Um, if you made it through the whole thing, I really hope you got value out of it. Thank you for listening. It's really a privilege to be heard. Um, it, uh, I hope that I'm doing that, where I'm feeding myself and feeding you and making the world a better place in the process. If you like this video, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, please like the video. 
and um, they tell me not to sell you more than more than two things, but I'm gonna tell you a third thing. <laughs> um, go to wildalive.net and sign up for our newsletter. We only send out, um, I only send out a few things every, I don't know, once a month maybe at this point. Um, and I'll always be responsive to what you want and don't want in terms of emails. So comment below, share it with a friend. I'm telling you too many things to do. So pick one of those things and do one of those things, whatever resonates most with you. So follow your own path to make this world a better place and to make yourself thrive inside of it. Have a great day.